Welcome to our second episode of Health Policy Essentials, the podcast that explores hot topics for hospitals in healthcare policy with a focus on safety net care. I am your host, Jason Prey, Vice President of Legislative Affairs at America's Essential Hospitals. Today, we'll explore the concept of defining or designating hospitals that serve a safety net role in their communities, much like the categorizations for critical access hospitals, cancer hospitals, and children's hospitals. An essential hospital designation would federally codify this class of hospitals into law, making the hospital landscape easier for federal decision makers to understand and navigate. Joining us today for our discussion are Charlie Shields, the president and CEO of University Health in Kansas City, Missouri. And Charlie's also the chair of America's Essential Hospitals Board of Directors. And we have Bruce Siegel, the president and CEO of America's Essential Hospitals, also joining us. I will rely on these two experts to better explain the pressing need for a clear-cut designation for hospitals providing safety net care in their communities. So let's jump into it. And first, let's add a bit of background on essential hospitals and what sets them apart. Bruce, I'll look to you, given your diverse experience at different essential hospitals across the country. What can you tell us? Thanks, Jay. It's it's great to be here today. You know, our essential hospitals fill a critical, I would say unique safety net role in their communities. They are taking care of millions of people who don't have health insurance or often have low incomes, people who come from underrepresented groups very often. And these hospitals are providers of choice for people who face major barriers, sometimes social, sometimes just money, barriers to care, and for communities who have huge healthcare needs. When I look at our hospitals, they only number about 5% of the total hospitals in our country, but they're providing almost a third of the charity care nationwide. In the communities our hospitals serve, we have almost 10 million people without health insurance and millions more who have incomes below poverty. Now, these essential hospitals deliver on a promise of equitable and high-quality care to everybody. And they do things that other hospitals don't. The bulk of our nation's trauma centers are in these hospitals, almost half of our burn care beds. These are the major neonatal ICUs around the country. And often the first line of defense in issues like emergency psychiatry or just you know mass casualty events as well. They also are the major teaching centers for our country, providing the next generation of health professionals as doctors, but goes far beyond doctors, have huge ambulatory care networks, and they also are in the area of public health now, moving the needle on population health and other things that are so important to their communities. A lot of them have gone beyond the four walls of the hospital and are targeting some of the root causes of illness in their areas, things like food insecurity or, or homelessness. So, for instance, there's an essential hospital in Philadelphia, which has a weekly market on its property to facilitate fresh, healthy food to a a very underserved community and really leveraging food as as medicine. So designating a hospital in a certain class, what we call a designation, is a way to define and group hospitals by the types of patient populations that they care for, uh, the population they just talked about. Good examples of this already exist with things like critical access hospitals and sole community hospitals. 
that are federally defined classes. A designation would just give policymakers the ability to direct programs to the providers, to the hospital for which they were intended. It would also sort of establish the fact that, you know, these essential hospitals have unique services. They're serving people that others may not be serving the same degree. And it would really set them apart and would have lots of other uses. Charlie Shields here knows firsthand what it is to operate one of these essential hospitals in a, a community that has great needs. And I think he knows better than most what benefits a designation could bring. Yeah, Bruce, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time uh, talking about why university health is different in our community and particularly different than, you know, almost any other health system in the state of Missouri. We have two safety net hospitals in the state of Missouri, but really university health fills the bulk of that role. About half of our patients fall into either the category of Medicaid or self-pay. You know, Missouri was one of the, the last states in on Medicaid expansion. But once we got in, that dramatically increased the number of patients that we saw in the Medicaid category. Now, all hospitals are struggling, but particularly safety net hospitals, we tend to operate on, on very thin margins. And that has been historic, but I think that was even magnified during COVID when uh, you know, we all faced the same challenges of staffing costs and supply chain costs. So that was really hard on safety net hospitals. We didn't have the cushion of those, those you know, typically large margins or big cash balances to really fall back on. So I think part of the problem early on was a way to, how do you define the hospitals that fall into the, this category? And, you know, when the government, the federal government in particular, was trying to target hospitals to provide relief from, they didn't have a category which they could drop into and say, okay, this is how you get the help. So while we were the ones out in the community, we were doing the, the bulk of the testing, uh, we were doing the vaccines, we were actually taking food for those who had lost jobs out there, the things that, the roles that we typically play as an essential hospital in the community, the federal government really lacked that ability to, to figure out who we were and what we were doing. So while we should have been, in my mind, one of the, the first types of hospitals to receive relief from the federal government during COVID, in many times we weren't the first because of that lack of a designation. So if we can work on getting a designation for truly what an essential hospital means, that designation can go far in future opportunities where we see to provide those services when we reach, hopefully not another pandemic, but there will be other similar instances where we need to get to uh, our citizens first and fast uh, and using the hospital designation allows us to do that. That leads me to a question for you both, you know, like why is this needed? Or what are a few examples of how federal designation could benefit the hospitals that would qualify? So, you know, I'll jump in on that, Jay. There are countless ways you could use a designation to, you know, protect the services provided by essential hospitals. You could increase payments for certain services that are most appropriate for these communities. You could prioritize federal funding in the face of future crises or, or pandemics, as Charlie mentioned. Um, you could use designation to think about how you distribute slots for graduate medical education around the country. You also could target support for certain things. You know, these hospitals are often really the, the, the last thing standing in their communities around behavioral health services, especially for underserved populations. You, you could target funding for you know, needs uh, just like that. And, and you also, frankly, could carve out essential hospitals from you know, more negative policies. 
around payment cuts or, or other things. So there's, there's a, a really a myriad of ways you could deploy this. Yeah, and I talked about funding during you know times of crisis, but I think it goes past just funding, uh, not only for the times of crisis, but obviously you know we believe we need additional support uh, for the majority of the time we actually do business in. But if we had that designation, if you did reach a, uh, some sort of crisis or you had a need to actually target uh, different therapeutics or vaccines or something, uh, to those most vulnerable populations, if you had that designation, you could actually do that fairly easily. You know, that obviously all makes sense uh, and seems reasonable. That's where we are now. Let's look ahead. Uh, Bruce, you've been around America's Essential Hospitals through a lot of our advocacy efforts in this space. What do you think the next steps are? Well, Jay, I think, you know, what's next here is to get a definition codified into law, uh, into statute, that really you know, accurately captures the hospitals that serve this essential safety net role uh, in their communities. Let me give you an example. Um, I was at Parkland last week, which really is the critical safety net organization for Dallas, Texas, for Dallas County. One of the things I learned there is that they have a huge footprint around maternal health, around prenatal care, uh, through a very large you know, system of, of community outpatient clinics. You know, at a, at a time when we are very focused on this issue around you know, obstetrics and, and maternal health, um, especially around African-American women, you know, this would give us, designating a place like Parkland gives us a, an ability to protect and promote something which is essentially a, a unique community resource. Jay, I, I, have to, I have to turn it back to you in some degree, back at you, you know, what is actually going on on Capitol Hill around this? Any progress being made? Uh, there sure is. You know, Bruce, this Congress, thanks to um, a lot of our members, uh, hospitals, uh, getting out the message, this Congress has seen unprecedented interest in both the concept uh, and kind of taking action on that concept. We've heard it from folks on the Senate side sitting on the HELP Committee and the Senate Finance Committee. Uh, we've also heard it from members of the House that sit on the Ways and Means Committee and the Energy and Commerce Committees. And they're interested in looking at how these hospitals filling a safety net role in their communities are different from other hospitals, as you both have discussed over the last few minutes here. And we've had pretty productive conversations, uh, both sides of the aisle, both chambers, and we're gonna continue to advocate uh, for designation this Congress. And you know, I think it's key to spend a minute here to talk about how we would define essential hospitals, and they're kind of three basic metrics. And the first is that you must be deemed DISH. And this just highlights a hospital's commitment to serving a high percentage of Medicaid in low-income patients. And it also helps account for the differences in Medicare amongst the states. Uh, the second would be a metric that captures a hospital's portion of Medicaid and low-income patients known as the Disproportionate Patient Percentage, or a DPP. And the third metric uh, would help identify the amount of uncompensated care provided in the Medicare space by hospitals. And that's known as the UCPF or the uncompensated care payment factor. Uh, so we're pushing those, we're having a lot of good conversations uh, and we're pretty hopeful. Yeah, I think uh, Jay, it's, it's an exciting time. I think we're, we're further along in this discussion than we've ever been historically. And I think that's really important to safety net health systems 
as we try to meet our goal and our mission of sustaining and, and fulfilling the needs uh, we see in our community, particularly around the issue of health equity and, and that that we fight for every single day. I think if we can get the designation, I think it's uh, important not for just our ability to do all those things, but the ability to, for the federal government to identify health systems like ours uh, so they can aim initiatives and public policy at those that make the most different for the most vulnerable citizens in our communities. Yeah, I agree. And I want to thank you both, Bruce and Charlie, for sharing your expertise uh, and shedding the light on the importance of essential hospital designation. We'll tell our listeners to check our website for updates on the status of any pertinent legislation related to this much needed designation. And that is it for today. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in to Health Policy Essentials. Visit EssentialHospitals.org to read more about late-breaking issues pertinent to safety net hospitals.